As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Albums, the soundtrack of your life. The most influential, game-changing albums that you can think of. All right, welcome to 10 Albums. Today we have a very special guest in the house. Well, not technically in the house, through a Zoom, through Zoom call. In fact, he's actually uh, from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. His name is CJ Plain. 10 years plus in the radio and broadcasting industry. And he just started his own podcast. And it, that is known as The Noise Report. Noise spelt with a Z. So N-O-I-Z-E. And uh, CJ, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I'm, uh, <laughs> I just say anybody was listening uh, before I was actually on, uh, was uh, lucky to be on uh, CJ's show. So that link will be posted. Uh, CJ, do you want to just give everybody kind of a, where can they find you? Can they just Google uh, the noise report or where, uh, where would you like them to kind of uh, find you online there? It's three ways to find me are pretty easy. One, type in the music god CJ playing. I'm pretty much everywhere because of my radio stuff. Beauty. Um, my graphic arts, I do tattoo art. Oh, nice. um, there's a lot of links. You'll see a lot of different things. Um, my Twitter will come up. My Instagram will come up and a bunch of things. You'll see tattoos that I've done and different things. But I didn't know that um, about you, actually. That's cool. Yeah. That's like really I, cool. Covered nice. in I definitely tattoos. noticed you had ta- a lot of tattoos. I didn't realize that you were uh, designing them as well. Yeah, there we go. Gun show. Gun show. Yeah. I actually do tattoos as well. No way. Oh, cool. I don't, Yeah. you know, I, I don't currently do them, but I'm yeah. trained to do them. I know how to do them. No way. And when my buddy, my buddy owns a tattoo shop and when he, he's opened in a second one, um, he, he lives about 40 miles up the road from me and he's opening in a second one where I live. I'm probably going to end up being the manager. Crazy. The, nice. the shop manager for him. Good for you. Um, That's awesome. So, you know, that's cool. So I you, hope anyways. Yeah, yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Know. Knock on wood now that we've put it out there. Um, no, that's cool, man. So it looks like you're a pretty easy guy to find. CJ Plain. It's yeah. uh, Plain spelt like a P-L-A-I-N. So anybody looking for him, definitely check it's out Plain the podcast. And yes, there we go. But yeah, we'll jump into it. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, give us a little bit of the backstory here. It sounded like um, in the little pre-interview there, you said you, it was pretty easy for you to, to find uh, find your top 10, but just give us a little background to kind of like what, uh, you know, music you grew up with and, uh, you know, give a little context before you kind of give the list, if you could. Um, I grew up in the front scene of my dad's semi, more or less. I nice. My mom and dad divorced when I was two. You know, this was the early 70s. We were truckers. You didn't have tablets, computers, none of that fancy stuff. We had music and books. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Novel concept. Um, we had music on constantly. Um, so I was exposed to a lot of trucker comedy, a lot of Southern rock, a lot of that. Uh, when I was at home, when I was forced to go to school finally, uh, my dad continued to be a trucker. He still is a trucker. This is his 51st year as a truck driver. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's 73 crazy. years old, still driving. Wow. Somebody. Crazy. <laughs> but it's um, a lot of miles, man. My grandfather, he very much is very classic country. So I got okay. that. Yeah. Hank Sr., Baron Young, nice. Snow, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tammy Wynette sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got, when I 13, they sent me to live in California with my mom. Uh, hair metal had just started breaking. So I got, we were, 
my mom lived literally two blocks off of Sunset Strip. No way. So wow. I would just wander around in my free time and yeah. all of these bands would walk up and down the strip. No hey, way. Man, come check my band out. Come check my band out. Wow. And um I ended up with a massive collection of of I guess demos you would call them. You no know way. that back then they were demos. Yeah. Uh, of bands that hadn't broken yet that are now huge names. Wow. Fuck you meant the guy from cool, Rap before rap was famous. So, wow. Unreal. That's musically, cool story. Musically, my musical tastes are just insane. That's right. why people call me the music god. Yeah. Um, in a nutshell, my music collection is about 1.6 million songs across Ooh. probably about 90 genres. Good Lord. So, and this, you uh, were yeah, saying, I just to cl- clarify, you said that you had no issues coming up with a t- with 10 albums, eh? Like that's... Uh, no. Wow. So with out of all that music you listen to, you got you got ten albums. I could, look, I could do a top one hundred quite easily really without thinking. Really, but these are the these are the ten records that if I think about defining moments of my life, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I think about music that I've listened to so much that I've practically had to replace records or cassettes because I played them to the point of wearing them out yeah 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 it's these records or it's these records that you know when i was at my lowest point yes this is a record oh, that, yeah you always remember you know, those. So, this is um, man perfect you got exactly you got it dialed in exactly what we're looking for on this show so <laughs> that's great so thanks for the uh, the little bit of backstory really good stories there uh kind of gives some context as far as like you know how you're raised and kind of what you were raised on as far as music but yeah, yeah let's uh let's get into the list here and by the sounds of it you did a numerical sequence like you did literally your number one will be your number one where some people that yeah. have come on the show kind of you know no particular order yeah. but I, I like that so yeah but let's my, let's get into it i was gonna say my top three is kind of interchangeable but okay okay i think i have them in the order of yeah probably where they fall where they fall beautiful wise. beautiful um, now, so, you said you had a couple honorable mentions as well. Did you want to do the yeah. honorable mentions before or do you want to leave it till after? Like after you do the top we'll, 10? We'll, we'll start with them. Start with that them, sure. Sounds that. good. Let's do it. Um, so my honorable mentions are, are two records. One is a soundtrack. One is probably one of the most famous rock records of all time. Um, my first honorable mention is a record that we listen to in the truck constantly. I wore out so many copies of this LP that my dad finally broke down and bought me my own um, under the understanding that I left his the hell alone after that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's the first Boston record. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, Solid. I would literally play his to the point of just wearing the grooves out of the light. That is crazy. And that's a lot of plays. Yeah. And then he'd go to listen to it and it wouldn't play right. And, um, he finally bought me my own. He just like, leave my fucking record alone now. So, <laughs> um, so that's a first honorable mention. Uh, the other one is the soundtrack for the movie Iron Eagle. Um, I generally wouldn't consider a soundtrack, but it's really one of them records where one, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And two, it's got such an amazing soundtrack. Is that right? It's I'm got- looking it up right now. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a deal. It's got oh, King Cobra. Yeah. Um, it's like Queen is on there. Yeah, Queen One Vision yeah. is on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, George Clinton. You know, so yeah. wow. It yeah yeah. I mean, yeah I it's a monster it. monster soundtrack. It's crazy. Probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. So sure. definitely um, uh, good to be in there. So that's yeah. Uh, so it's one of them records that. You know, yeah, it's 1986. Yes. A uh, Boston was 1976. 76. Um, so. Nice, um, nice. Those, those are my two honorable mentions. Nice. Um, I'm glad you had so, a soundtrack in there. That's cool. Not too many people put soundtracks, yeah. but, you know, this uh, it's definitely worth popping I in. I generally there. wouldn't, but like I said, that's the one that, it stuck with me. No matter yeah. where I've gone or what I've done. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, never say die. I ain't eagle. It's just. Yes. It's one of them. Fucking killer song that's yeah. so big and bombastic. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole record is. I mean, they're really, it's a great rock and roll record. 
in and of itself. Sure. So for sure, you know, there's always like for me, uh, for my like for my taste or whatever, and just with my time growing up, my my soundtrack would have been Last Action Hero had a couple of good Allison yeah, chains. You know what I mean? That's another one, right? You know what I mean? That's so I totally relate to what you're saying for sure. I'm glad you had that in there. And technically, I do have another soundtrack in here. Oh, nice. Um, okay, cool, cool. I I guess I didn't think about it, but there actually is another soundtrack. Oh, a little foreshadow in there. I most like people, it. Yeah. Most people would, I guess, wouldn't consider it a soundtrack. Oh, um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, okay, let's see. <laughs> Wicked. Number ten. Yes, uh, is a band I discovered in California uh, when I went to live with my mother. Uh, I was completely doing the hair metal thing at that point. I discovered KNAC. Um, my mother started dating the guy who lived next door in the condo. Um, he was a black gentleman. He was a teacher, history teacher uh, for the L.A. school district. And I loved him. He taught me to play chess. I taught me so much. Um, him and mom were watching a movie one night. And he said, I, I was bored with the movie, basically. And he said, hey, why don't you go upstairs and, and check out my record? I didn't know he had records. I went upstairs and he his record collection was his entire bedroom wall wow. from Florida. Wow. Hundreds and hundreds of vinyls. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm home." laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I started going through his records. He's got all the modern stuff. He had, you know, Tony Basil, Mickey and Rick Springfield and Genesis and all of that, um, which I found amazing because, you know, let's face it, you don't find a, a lot of black people that listen to Genesis or Jess or tall. Fair enough. Um, yeah. But he also had a massive collection of funk music. Now, I'd never really been exposed to funk music, per se, or that kind of stuff. And, you know, Funkadelic, George Clinton. Yeah. Man. You see the record and you think, dude, that's metal. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, that was, that was punk, bro. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So, started listening to all these records. And one band that I discovered, um, band called midnight star mm. and they had a record called no parking on the dance floor. nice and that is my number 10 that midnight record star. no parking on the dance floor the song along with the song freak is over oh if you grew up in the 80s you know those songs they, they were break dancing standards they were songs that you know they've been sampled dozens of times um Um, they've been dozen, sampled dozens of times by other hip hop artists. Mm. And the other cool thing was, is the band itself, after they broke up, they went on to do a lot in the production side. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. They were responsible for a lot of the early work of Babyface, Teddy Pendergrass, Tony Braxton, Levert. Really? Um, Interesting. So. You know, there's a ton of popular songs in the R&B side of things that people will know that were written and produced by members of Midnight Star. Cool. Uh, so they, you know, they kind of... Um, Almost evolved out of being a performer. Yeah, evolved. Kinda, right, yeah, yeah. Evolved from performers to producers. Right. And um, they're still producing today, so... Really? Okay, um, interesting. Midnight yeah. Star, nice. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Love it. That's number 10. Love uh, it. Number nine uh, is the first record I ever bought with my own money. Um, only because my Uncle Marty had it in his collection and refused to come off it and wouldn't give it to me. Um, <laughs> so he made me mow his lawns all summer, basically, to earn the money to buy the dumb thing. Um, <laughs> that is the record Slade by Slade. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, this is the record that has uh, Goodbye to Jane. Uh, which was covered by Britney Fox. It has Mama Mama, We're All Crazy Now, which was covered by Quiet Riot. Uh, it also has the first known version of Come On, Feel the Noise. Nice. Um, yep. By um, Quiet Riot. Um, yes. Uh, so Slade is, you know, uh, Slade is the band that, uh, if not for Slade, we would have never had Quiet Riot because... Uh, Quiet Riot was essentially the greatest Slade cover band that wasn't a Slade cover band. Because <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> go back and listen to Slade. Okay, I Kevin DeBrow sounds so much like Naughty yeah. that 
it's crazy. So you really don't, when you listen to the two versions, you don't notice that much of a difference other than right. the heavier guitar and the more modern production. Sure. Because they sound so much alike. You would think, okay, you know, hey, this is this version and this is the remastered version. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So uh, that's number nine. Love it. Uh, number eight. Uh, this is a record that basically was my introduction to punk music. Okay. And hardcore music. Um, a band that I seen in a dirty basement. Uh, basically, it was the bomb shelter of an old school that they had turned into a club. Um, wasn't much bigger than a than a broom closet. There was about a hundred people shoved into the room with a band playing in the corner. Uh, that's Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. Oh um, yes. 1983, they did a record called Dealing With It. And um, one of the most ferocious punk records uh, of all time, but especially at that time. Um, no kidding. You know, And that was your yeah, first exposure so. was the live show? That was your first exposure to him, and then you bought the record? It's really based my on first that. exposure kind of to hardcore punk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. My cousin brought it home and said, hey, man, you got to check this out. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. And I was like, what a great name, Dirty Rotten yeah. Imbeciles, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, well, we listened to it, it was punk. I was all right. And we started looking at other punk. And, and then you found Agnostic Front and the Gorilla Biscuits and Malachi Crunch. And, you know, you, you had to get into punk because the band names were worth the price of admission alone. Come on, man. Absolutely. Who names you know, who names their band the Dead Kennedys or the Circle yeah. Jerks? Or totally. Gorilla yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it was my... Yeah. But but they were my introduction to punk, per cool. se. And I'm a huge punk fanatic as well, so... Beauty. Um, it's kind of your gateway that's album. number eight. Yeah. Uh, number seven was my introduction to hip-hop music. Okay, yep. And uh, my first uh, year of college, um, <laughs> my... my roommate uh in the dorms uh was a black guy named carl uh introducing himself he said don't call me carl everyone calls me tv and i was like why tv and he's like because i'm an electronics major i work on everything electronic said, okay great how are you um sitting around one night and he's like let's go to the bar okay i'm not old enough to drink but whatever we're in college what you do uh, we get in his truck and he puts on this record and I'm just immediately like, what the hell is this? Um, I had never really heard hip hop before that. And it's ice tea power. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, that record has, I'm your pusher has syndicate. It has, um, it was just a crazy record for a white dude who grew up on a farm <laughs> way out in the country yeah my knowledge of black music at that time was pretty much what i had learned from robert which was funk um but you know uh tv introduced me to ice t public enemy uh two shorts yeah. um yeah yeah so that was kind of my i guess not my intro to hip-hop but it was kind of my first real heavy dose of it um and i became a, a huge fan of hip-hop like i just the art of hip-hop in and of itself you know and ice tea i mean come on it's ice tea he's going on to do so many oh, things oh man huge you uh, know? like you know crossover yeah. star actor like does man disney movies even like good for him you know like yeah. crazy crazy yeah. story yeah and it's i mean come on it's it's hilarious in and of itself to think that the guy who wrote one of the most controversial songs of all time, Cop Killer, yeah. now plays a cop on TV. <laughs> right, yeah, completely, man. I'm sure that's not lost on no, him either, like, you know? it's uh, Like, you got to just kind of laugh at the irony. Oh, that, so. absolutely. No, no, uh, great pick. I love it. So, that's uh, number seven. Okay. Um, number six. Uh, funny story with this record. I wanted this record for so long um my dad refused to buy it for me because of the imagery on the cover um it's the record of shout at the devil by motley Kurt. um 
my dad refused to buy that record for me. He would not let me buy it. Um, my family at Christmas time, they do this kind of, uh, everybody's name goes in a hat. You pick a name and you buy a gift for that person. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, now I have a pair of aunts who are twins. Um, Connie and Carrie. Connie's son is the one who introduced me to DRI. Um, now, my Aunt Connie, she's very much a Martha Stewart type. Um, God bless her heart. I love her to death. Um, that year, she got my name. My Aunt Carrie got my Uncle Cliff's name. Now, my Uncle Cliff, this this will come into play in a minute. Um, Christmas come, everybody got their gifts. I opened mine. Um, my aunt Connie had bought me the most horrific sweater that I had ever seen in my life. It was horrible. It was 314 <laughs> colors. Cashmere. I'm looking at it like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And my dad's kind of looking at me like, say thank you. And I'm like, and dad's like, say thank you. And I'm like, and dad's like, say thank you. And I was like, uh, yeah, thank you. And I just kind of laid it down looking at it like, you know, this is going in the back of the closet never to be in, right? Yeah, yeah. He's sitting across the table from me. He opens it up. My Aunt Carrie bought him the freaking Shout at the Devil. Oh, right? man. Yeah. I was so mad. I was almost in tears at that point. Cliff looks at it the same way I looked at the sweat. Cliff's not in the rock at all. Oh, man. He's you know, he's very much a air supply type of guy. <laughs> I was like, this like, sucks. Yeah, right? Just luck Plus of the draw. Plus looks and sees the sweater, and he's like, oh, dude, that's a sweet sweater. I shove it across the table. It's like, here, trade you. Snatch the record Boom. from him and run. Done. My dad at that point basically just says, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. Um, so Perfect. <laughs> I got my Motley Crue record. Man. Great story. I love it. Um, Traded an ugly sweater yeah, for it. Yeah, Cliff ended up with the sweater that he still wears to this day, and it's still as ugly as it was back then. Well, hey, worked um, out well for everyone. Anyways. <laughs> Honestly, good trade. Good trade. Yeah, it, it was like the best trade of my life. Yeah. But, um, like I said, it was the only way that I ended up with that record. That's awesome. Um, number five. Um is a band that when I discovered them, my outlook on what I guess heavy music could be um, completely changed. Um, I had been into punk, so I knew you could be heavy, um, but kind of within the context of punk. Uh, a buddy introduced me to the band Actons, and I heard uh, Toxic Waltz. And I was like, that's a sweet song. So I went to the record store and Exodus had just released the record Impact, It's Imminent. Okay. And I bought it. I took it home. And it was at that point I knew that I wanted to play thrash music. Really? The way Zitro sings, the power of that record, the speed, the... Everything about that record made me want to recreate that in my own YouTube. Uh, posters upon posters of Zitro, uh, the singer. Um, I, to this day, it's probably my favorite heavy, heavy record. Okay. Uh, about six years ago, I interviewed a country band and it ended up that the guitar player for the country band. I uh, actually managed the band of Steve's sons called Hatred. Hatred. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, he says to me, hey, you want to intro interview the, the singer of Hatred? I knew who they were. I'm a huge Zitro fan. So I was like, yeah, that's, you know, who's the son? Okay. Uh, thinking I'm going to get a call from Cody or the other son, I picked the phone up and he's like, Bro, he's like, can I talk to CJ? And I was like, yeah, this is. And he's like, hey, this is Zitro. And I about had a meltdown um, because my brain was like, holy shit. This is the guy that 
you know, Everything I know about singing, I learned from this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we talked for three hours. Wow. About everything. And it was the most surreal moment of my life. Unreal. Um, so cool. 18 year old me laying on my bed looking at posters of the trail. At no point in my life did I ever dream that I would be on the phone like this, more right. or less. Yeah, yeah. Just having a conversation with my vocal fucking God. For like um, three hours. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. So, unreal. Um, super awesome guy. And, nice. Um, so yeah, impact is imminent by Exodus is my number five. Number five, Kate. Uh, Excellent. Number four, um, favorite band of all time is Pink Floyd. Yeah, I remember um, you saying that. Good choice. Great pretty choice. well documented. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people, I think, when you mention Pink Floyd, would probably expect you to say The Wall or Dark Side, Dark of, the Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Sure. Sure. Um, for me, uh, it is 1983, the record, The Final Cut. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um, the Final Cut really is a record that, um, it, it's the last record that Roger Waters was on. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of a continuation of the one. There's a lot of material on here that really was written for the wall, but never used. Right. Um, so it's kind of almost like a companion record to the wall. And um, it really, I think it's a much more personal record for mm. Roger. Sure. Um, there's a few songs on here. Um, there's a few songs on here like uh, uh, The Hero's Return. Uh, which is about his dad returning home from the Falkland Islands or um, uh, Fletcher Memorial Home that are, they're very deep songs. Very, you know, I, I think it has, The Wall is an amazing record. Probably one of the greatest concept records of all oh, time. Unquestionably, yeah. But it's so long that you kind of, get lost in it. Yeah, I would agree. Whereas the final cut is a much more compact, yep. precise yeah. record. And it's one of them records that has just always, I've connected to. Um, so that's definitely of the Pink Floyd records. That's my favorite Pink Floyd one. Um, it's a record that I've carried with me in a lot of dark times and a lot of dark places. Um, I think because of the fact that it, it is a darker record, um, you know, being written about his dad and what he suffered after the war. Well, and like um, you say, like it, that's maybe where the point of connection is for you. It's a little more personal, whereas the wall is a little more, uh, you know, abstract in a sense, right? Like you say, it's concept. Right. There's there's so many layers to it. Where yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. the final cut. Like you say, a little more, um, I guess, user friendly in that sense, right? And and not yes. quite as a uh, big a big uh, undertaking to listen to. So. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, that's, uh, I, if you ask the majority of Pink Floyd fans, uh, you know, I don't think the final cut would generally be up there, but I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. Right. I like the story behind it too. I'm really glad that you picked it though. Um, Division Bell is another one I, I could easily throw in there. Division Bell is one of the records that I just, there's something about that record right. that I love. Yeah. It's such a massive sounding record. Yeah. Like you put that thing on a good set of speakers and stereo systems. It is one of the most just 
literally complete record I've ever heard production wise. Right. Yeah. It's just the little division bell, like just the little cymbal rolls. They're so crystal clear that you can hear every single layer of that record. Yeah. Like David Gilmore did, I think, one of the most brilliant production jobs ever for the division of So Right. Um, I, man, it's been a while since I listened to that. I'm going to have to – just the way you sold it there, I'm like, man, I got to listen to this again. But, yeah, David Gilmore is like just a – what a mind, hey? Like just – so yeah, it just for the like a, a ear for tone, like just his guitar tones are incredible, yeah. and you know, yeah, just such a talent. Yeah, um, so that's number four. Final cut, uh, Pink Floyd. The 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 top three, <laughs> they're kind of interchangeable, but we're gonna go with the order of the ring. I like it. Uh, yep. So number three, um, I mentioned there's another soundtrack. Yes. Um, yes. To me. Probably the greatest soundtrack ever written. Oh, here we go. I um, like it. By the guy that is probably the greatest musician of the past hundred years. Um, absolutely one of a kind. Uh, it's Purple Rain by Prince. Oh, yes. Um, I don't think I need to sell Prince. Like no, Prince no, is, no, no, no. It's... You know? No. I mean, when Purple Rain come out, man, I mean, it was one of them records you were just, I don't think people knew how to take it. I would agree. Here's a black dude who probably for the first time since maybe Jimi Hendrix, he was playing blues. He was playing rock. He was playing metal. He was playing funk. He was playing soul. Prince was doing whatever the hell Prince wanted to do. And Prince was doing it. Yeah. It wasn't a whole bunch of Prince played every single instrument Which is on that nuts. record. Just crazy. Produced it. And to this day, if you listen to Purple Rain, again, it's one of those records. Production wise, it's practically flawless. Prince was really in a league of his own. Um, you can sit here and say, look, such and such are great songwriters. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was an amazing guitar player. Um, Herbie Hancock is an amazing jazz player. But Prince was the total package. Completely. Prince was a performer, a songwriter, a producer, an arranger. Prince was a one-man, <laughs> you know, I mean... And he had, he had vision, right? Like he had, co you know, yeah. concepts behind what he was doing. It wasn't just like songs, like there was, you know, uh, reasons for the songs and the albums and everything, right? Yeah, he's like an absolute visionary for sure. Yeah, and, you know, like, again, to this day, I mean, Prince is, no matter what record you listen to by Prince, it's a killer record. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Completely. And then you think there's still thousands and thousands and thousands of print songs in that vault that they crazy. have not released yet that is crazy i think if i if i remember the quote correctly i think print said it himself that there's so many songs in his vault or were when he died that they could release 20 songs a year for a hundred years wow that is so there's Unreal. Thousands and thousands of songs. Literally. And they're good songs. Yeah. They're just songs that Prince didn't feel were good enough for him. Somebody else performing, a Bruno Mars or somebody, yeah. probably a, a stellar, stellar song. Right. But they just weren't up in the print. Well, what would it be like working with him, like being, if you know what I mean, in the studio at the time? Like, I wonder how, yeah. if he was like temperamental or, you know, because some of the times like these artists, they can get pretty, I mean, like you say, like, mm -hmm. he, if he's, he's got to have some kind of filter where he's like, no, that's just not good enough. Like, I wonder if he was so, somewhat temperamental or if you just kind of knew what he, you know, did you have any insight on that? Like, does he, like, how was Prince? I, you know, Prince was, Prince worked alone a lot, mm. but he had bands. Yeah, and the bands were separate. You know, uh, he had um, during the Purple Rain period. You know, he worked with the Time, uh, Morris Day and the Time. Um, then he had 
um, new soul, new soul generation or the something. Um, but he had during his, his, during his recording time, Prince had, I think four different or five different separate bands. Mm. They're, they're almost kind of like periods. Sure. Like, okay. There's this band. That's one period. This band is a separate period. It was still Prince, but what he performed with the bands, um, New Soul Generation or whatever that was called. I can't think of the exact phrase for that. Right. Um, they're the ones who did the Batman soundtrack. They did ah, yes. uh, Diamonds and Pearls. So it was more of an R&B-ish yes. punk yes. style. Where, um, and then towards the end, um, he had a female band, an all-female band. Right, and they okay. were much more rock-oriented. Um, the last three or four records he did uh, were very much in the Let's Go Crazy thing. You know, he had kind of gravitated to a much more guitar-oriented sound. Um, so, you know, but at the end of the day, Prince did whatever Prince wanted. Absolutely, and he yeah. could. And, yeah, and, and kudos to Prince, man. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, I love an artist that just refuses to play by them. Well, yeah, even uh, when he changed his name, right? So they couldn't, uh, you know, yeah. own his his IP or well, yeah, whatever. It was, it. Yeah, you know, the symbol. Own you know, it's yeah. crazy, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether it's Prince, whether it's whether it's mashup artists, whether it's Queen, um, just artists that just kind of refuse to play by the rules musically, yeah, to me are amazing. Yeah. I love, I love knowing that I'm not going to know what's on a record. Yes, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. Like, look, I can buy an ACDC record. I know I'm going to get a great record, but I know exactly what I'm getting with ACDC. Completely, yeah. I buy a record by Queen or by Prince. Or by, you know, a mashup artist. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Sure. You just, you're along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, um, well put. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, number three was Prince. Number two. I, I would say number two. Probably the, I don't want to say the beginning of grunge, but would have been. Um, a band that when I heard the record, I knew they were going to be the biggest thing in the world. Mm, okay. Um, and short of the singer dying of a heroin overdose would have been the biggest thing. In the world. Um, number two, 1990, uh, the band Mother Love Boat. Yes. Out of Seattle. Yes. Um, they did called Apple. Now, um, Mother Love Bone contained three of the five members that became Pearl Jam. Right. Uh, they predated Nirvana, Soundgarden, all of those bands. And there was an absolute bidding war for this Mother Love Bone. There were 14 labels. Oh, wow. That were bidding for this record. Unreal. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, it was a feeding for essentially. And... They essentially released this record. Andrew died of a heroin overdose. Everything imploded. Um, giant vacuum created that Nirvana gets pulled into. Nirvana becomes the face of grunge. Um, Pearl Jam becomes of it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think the final... The final thing to really think about with Mother Love Bone is, one, it's one of the most powerful records that I've ever heard. Uh, but Andrew Love, for his funeral, if you look at the list of who, who his pallbearers were, it's insane. Chris Zavalicek of Nirvana. Dave Grohl. Chris Cornell. Kim Thale, uh, uh, the, the uh, guitar player for Heart. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Wilton of Queensryche. You know, like nah. every single person who carried Andrew's casket out of that church either was an established rock star or would become an established rock star. 
very soon after. One yeah. of his brothers, his cousins, his nephews. Crazy. He man. was kicked out by rock stars. Man, so cool. And, you know, I mean, the dude, th- there's a... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a documentary called Welcome to Olympus. Mm. And it's about the whole mother love bone malfunction time that Andrew was alive. Watch that documentary and you will see this kid was born to be a rock star. I he remember. Was, yeah. He, I remember he seeing was some Steve of the footage Tyler and Jim Morrison in one person. Right. Right. You know, um, so that's my number two. Like that's, you know, it just, to me, one of the greatest records ever. Written. Um, love it. I love having that. Maybe not flawless production wise, but you know what? It's early grunge. It's not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. You know, it's got that rough exterior to it. And that's what makes it great. You know, it's, it's just a powerful piece. And as powerful as that was, it makes you wonder what could have come in the future. Oh, absolutely. Jeff Amet is a bass player. Yep. He's in Pearl Jam. Stone Gossard is the guitar player. He's yep. in Pearl Jam. Uh, Jimmy Chamberlain uh, was the drummer. He ended up in Pearl Jam, but he was also in Smashing Pumpkin. Right. You know, so you had a, a core base in that band that were monsters, musicians, songwriters in their own right. So, yep. you know, uh, number two. Uh, number one for me, though, is a record. Um, it's kind of a cheesy record. It's kind of one of the records that probably nobody else in their right mind would put at number one. <laughs> um, but growing up, you know, I was I was a hard headed kid. I knew growing up that you know I was either going to do something with music or I was probably going to end up dead or you know doing bad stuff. Uh, in 1989, Michael Monroe. Uh, who is the former singer of Noe Rocks, uh, released his second solo record called Not Faking It. And the very first song in that record uh, is a song called Dead Jail or Rock and Roll. When I heard that song, it was like a lightning bolt hit. I was like, that, you just told my life story. Oh, wow. I knew from a very early age, I was either going to be dead in jail where I was going to play rock and roll or be involved. And that record has stuck with me no matter where I've gone. Um, It's a great hair band type of record. Um, If you look at the list of who played on this record, a lot of people don't know. Um, You have Kenny uh, Kenny Aronson playing drums on it. You have Anton, Anton Fick playing drums on it. Um, you have Ian Hunter playing uh, piano. Um, you have Little Steven or Stevie Van Zandt, who a lot of people will know from The Sopranos, uh, but is also <laughs> yeah. a killer singer and songwriter in his own right. Yeah. Uh, he's about three quarters of the song, helped write a bunch of the song, Crazy. including that rock and roll. Um, you have Holly Beth Vincent. You have uh, Brian James. You have... Um, I mean, it's it's the laundry list of people that he had in the studio to create this record. Wow. Um, Axl Rose sang on Dead Jet. Really? Unreal. That's Um, crazy. 
couple of covers on there. He had a cover from Nazareth. The, the, the title track was actually a Nazareth track. Uh, and then he did uh, She's No Angel, uh, which was a heavy metal kids cover, uh, which was another band that I loved growing up. They were very similar to Slade um, from England. Uh, so my number one definitely is Not Making It by Michael Monroe. It, uh, it's a fun record and just dead jail of rock and roll in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it much that was your, your lightning bolt. You said, Hey, it just hit you. And you're like, that's the yeah, one. It's, that's it's the my one life story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's my life story. It really is one of them records. And it's a fun record. You know, I like, if you're into that, if you're into that sort of sunset strip style of music, you know, if you're into LA Guns. Guns and Roses, yeah. yeah, any of that type of sound. This was a great record, or is a great record, you know, and it holds up. It's, um, I still listen to it practically every day. Really, and uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, Purple Rain is one that I listen to all the time still because Prince is such a um, mother love bone. You know, I listen to all the time because I, I think, you know, I have these moments where you just kind of sit and think, like, damn, you know, if Andrew wouldn't have, have overdosed. Yeah, what if? They could have been so what? massive. No kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, those were, these are the 10, those are the 10 records that really kind of just jump up. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a few other ones. Master of Puppets. You know, um, would be one. Um, uh, there's a rapper from there's a rapper from Oakland uh, called Paris, mm. and uh, his hip hop is kind of it's almost like Black Panther. Oh, okay. Anthem, yep. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but he had a record uh, called Gorilla Funk. That. Um, what I love about that record. Is like if Dr. Dre produced a record for Public Enemy, that's what Gorilla Funk sounds like. Oh, nice. Like, nice. It's that massive political commentary like Public Enemy. Yeah. But it's West Coast funk all the way, bro. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like Snoop Dogg jumped on, or it's, it's like Ice Cube jumped out <laughs> of Public Enemy. Record. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. another record that is kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Politically, him and I are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. But I don't even care. Like, I don't have to agree with this message. It's oh. just one of them records that you, like the you put it on in the car, man. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like. Yeah, yeah, that's You right. know, you're just riding, yeah. man. And it's like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you could, I could easily do a top 100. Yeah. But. Yeah. These are the 10 that, you know, 12, I guess. Yeah, 12. <laughs> Got the honorable mentions in there. No, CJ, fantastic list. So I'll just run it, uh, run it through here real quick, just uh, to, to, as we uh, kind of close off the episode here. So you had honorable mentions, Boston, the first record. Uh, second honorable mention, soundtrack for Iron Eagle. Uh, number ten, mm -hmm. Midnight Star, no parking on the dance floor. Uh, number mm -hmm. nine, Slade. Number eight, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, dealing with it. Number seven, mm -hmm. Ice Tea, Power. Number six, yes. great backstory with this one, trading an ugly sweater for this record. Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, and number six. Number five, Exodus, Impact is Imminent. Number four, yes. Pink Floyd, The Final Cut. Number three, Pink, or sorry, Prince, Purple Rain. Number two, Mother Love Bone, Apple. And number one, Michael Monroe, Not Faking It. Yes. Beautiful. Very uh, well-rounded list, and man, just for a, such a you know a, a fan of music, then you're able to kind of dial it in with to, to those ten, and I like it. Kind of like it, I the main thing I like about this show is that it kind of it, it's uh, it kind of shows like you know what I mean, like where, where people are, what was important to you at the time, what's still important to you. Mm -hmm. Kind of gives a little backstory of you as a person, so it kind of gives uh, some people uh, some insight into who you are yeah. and uh, kind of your makeup there. And uh, yeah, just if you're looking for him, definitely check out the podcast, The Noise Report with CJ playing noise spelled with a Z. Yeah. And uh, any, uh, just again, thanks so much for coming on, CJ. You're a world of knowledge for music. And just, uh, I like, I just like listening to you. Great stories there. It's exactly what this show 
you know, likes likes to hear. So fantastic list, fantastic guest, and you got a great podcast. So keep it up. Anything else you want to you want to plug or say before we uh, wrap up here today, CJ? Um, just I guess uh, we're gonna we're gonna be kicking off a second podcast. Oh, nice. And um, yeah. I, I'm kind of borrowing your idea in a way, I guess. Um, we're we're gonna do a podcast about lists. Yes. But it's going to be very eclectic and fun and hilarious. Um, it's gonna be called the Ish List, <laughs> and it's just gonna be lists of really weird shit. I like it. Um, some are gonna be your standard stuff, top 10 guitarists, not named Eddie Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then we're going to have funny stuff like the 10 worst possible gifts you could give someone for Christmas. Oh man. Great or, idea. Great idea. Uh, 10 lies your parents told you growing up. Right, right, right. Um, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to call on the experts. Um, I'll have you on there at some point. Please do. Um, I love it. But we're going to get people. Uh, I've already lined up Bruce Buffer. Uh, wow. Or wow. the ten greatest athletes wow. list, unreal. Or 10, ten greatest sports athlete list. Man, um, had to pay a lot of money for that one, but but hey, that's okay. Yeah. Um, when you're talking greatest athletes of all time, you gotta bring somebody yeah. authority on it. Absolutely. I don't think you can do much better than Bruce Buffer. So. Crazy man, <laughs> crazy. That's a big land. Um, that's great. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. So I love that I idea, mean, man. Had, I had to pay for it, but but hey, oh, you know what? It's it worth it. Is. It's gonna bring yeah. a lot of a lot of ears to the to your product, right? To the new show. So um, good for you. So yeah, we're gonna do that. Uh, we're just gonna have fun with that one. Uh, the other show, if you haven't heard it, it's just me being goofy, basically. Um, like boys' night out with microphones. Yeah. Um, we laugh. We act juvenile. Uh, sometimes we're serious. I have a show coming up where I talk about me being a foster kid, and um, you know, obviously. That was a little heavy because it sucks being a foster kid. But sure, um, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there are there are serious moments, but mostly, man, it's Sorry. like this: it's lists and silly questions, and uh, me putting people through what I call my uh, music gods random questions of stupidity, and <laughs> um, you know, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So uh, that's being a nutshell: uh, big, goofy, juvenile, uh, but. Uh, Music is my love, you know. That's why I'm the music guy. So um. awesome. Well, we'll look for that uh, that show to drop. Obviously, we talked about the noise report, and then the ish list will be upcoming here. I'm sure as soon as you get a few episodes yeah. in the can, that'll be coming soon. So I'll send, uh, I guess, basically all the links in the show notes here to uh, all your stuff there, CJ. And again, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really great talking with you. Let's uh, we'll keep in touch for sure. Absolutely, brother. Anytime you ever need anything, Beautiful. let me know. Appreciate I got another it. idea for. I got another idea for you to use too. I got a. Oh yeah, I got a list. It's the uh, it's the uh, twenty five most influential uh, hard rock and heavy metal CDs of all time. I wrote it a long time ago. Oh man, um, yeah. But I looked at it and I was like, man, you know what? This list to this day absolutely holds up. Is that right? And um, oh dude, yeah. And, Let's do and it. Uh, I'll I'll send you a copy of it. Yeah, please I'll do. Email you a copy of it, and um, I'd love to see it. I think when you see it, it might be something you wanted maybe split up over episodes a couple episodes yeah no i think it when you see the list you're gonna be like yep please yep, send it yep, yeah yeah yep, definitely yep. no no <laughs> please send it i would love to see it and yeah let's do a two-parter or something on that for sure i would love that All right, awesome man take care cj have a good one yep peace yep bye-bye